0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Macros for Life podcast. I'm so excited to be back with you guys today because I have a past client and friend of mine, Cam's, who is here to have a really exciting conversation. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, I am good. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to chat. I love to chat about what we're going to chat about. So I'm excited to get into it.
0: I know. If people are reading the title by now, they're probably like, we know what, the, what it's going to be about. Uh, <laughs> but this is the conversation we actually had in person a little bit. And I'm like, "Ooh, we need to talk about this. And then we took it to kind of instagram dms and randall couldn't be on the podcast today so he was like i'm missing out so he's probably oh. on the other wall listening for the few minutes he'll still have available <laughs> so sorry you couldn't be in on this one but
1: oh hi um, randall bye randall
0: i know maybe a future one maybe you'll be back you never know we have <laughs> we've had people that we've already rescheduled for repeats so <laughs> you never know but Let's start out by telling um, our Macros for Life podcast who you are and who do you currently serve?
1: All right, hi everyone. So I'm Cams. I am a nutrition coach and a graphic designer for nutrition coaches. When I was mostly nutrition coaching, which is when I found Eve and when I became her client, I got my certification through Eve's program. Um, my niche, my target audience was serving women of color and teaching them how to lose weight, tracking macros, still eating their favorite cultural foods. Um, And the reason that I was so passionate about that niche and deciding like, I want to speak to those people, is because I am those people, right? And I had always felt before When I learned about macros, when we talked about weight loss, um, you know, just certain things about like healthy lifestyles in general, I felt like they were not things that were highlighted to me as a child or as a teenager or as a young woman, you know what I mean? Um, And so I really felt like I wanted to be able to speak to my people and help my people do better, feel better, live better, take better care of themselves. So, yeah, that's kind of how I came to be where I am now.
0: Cool. And that you guys literally that's exactly what she did. And if you guys are listening and you're a coach, if you're like, man, she has like a really niche down niche, she does. And I loved when you talked in macro mentorship about it because so many people are afraid to just like cast really, really wide. And then they're mm-hmm. like, I'm not working with who I want to work with, or it's not even, I don't even feel like it's a specialty. I feel mm-hmm. like every day I'm coaching people and it's a different topic that I am not well versed in, whether it's like gut health or hormones mm-hmm. or marathon runners. And a lot of people just want to take everyone, but you are someone that completely right. niche down. And I think for yeah. you, and I don't know if you sense it, but I was like, it almost feels like you're giving back to your culture.
1: Oh, absolutely. It did. It did. And don't get me wrong. As a business owner, it was scary to niche down, you know what I mean? But then you, cause you think to yourself, okay, I'm going to open a business. I'm going to open a shop. I want everyone to come to my shop. I want everyone to buy from me. But just as you said, if someone comes to me and they're like, Oh, I have, you know, perimenopause like special stuff, and I would be like, "Eh, I'm no, I'm no perimenopause like specialist, you know what I mean? Or I'm no hormonal specialist. Whereas if I said to myself, hold up, my expertise in this is exactly what I went through. Like this was the big part of my struggle. And so it did feel good to say, you know what? I'm definitely I'm I'm turning some people off. I'm turning some people away but I felt like culturally that was okay. Um, and I really just looked at the past where I felt like how awesome would it have been for me to find a coach who knew what I was talking about when I said ackee and saltfish or jerk chicken or something about breadfruit or just any other Jamaican food because I'm Jamaican, so I'm going to talk about Jamaican stuff, right? How awesome would it have been to have a coach who knows what that is, understands you know, the nutrition value in these things, understands culturally where we're coming from, why we're eating this thing, why we're eating these things, you know what I mean? So I said to myself, I want to be able to provide that for people, something that I never had.
0: Did you ever have a point in your journey where you worked with another coach that had no clue what the foods were that you were eating or group coaching? And you maybe put something in there, y'all can't see her unless you're on the YouTube version, (laughs) but she's like, "Uh uh-huh. And they're like,
1: what is that? (laughs) Well, exactly. But then not just that, also just feeling like my foods were vilified, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like when I was to, when I looked at someone, or if I shared with a coach, like, Yeah, I had this porridge, or I had like this roast breadfruit, um, or you know, roast yam, and it's kind of like, Well, A, what is roasted breadfruit? and I'd be like, Oh, okay, well, it's like it's a carbohydrate source, you know, it's like it's a thing that grows on trees, and we mm-hmm. roast it, we fry it, people boil it, you know, and they'd be like, Um okay, maybe we should do like Brussels sprouts and asparagus. And I would kind of be like, "Mm, I live in Jamaica. We don't grow or sell Brussels sprouts or asparagus. So like, while that, (laughs) while that sounds amazing, um, I don't have access to those things. You know what I mean? So absolutely. I worked with people before that. There was no touch points. There was no cultural context. You know what I mean?
0: Did it make you feel like I'm supposed to change all of my foods just to work with a coach to get my results? 100%.
1: hundred percent it made me feel like I can't eat this is gonna sound crazy. I can't eat my black people Jamaican food that I want to eat that I've grown up eating and so in order to lose weight or have this body that I want to have, I literally need to whitewash my I need to whitewash my plate I need to start eating like basic i don't know I don't want to say basic chicken breasts, but you know what I mean I, I felt like there was no understanding that A meal can be high protein, high fiber, have veg, have rice, have beans, you know, hit the nutritional uh, points that we need them to hit, but can still be like flavored in my cultural way, in my Jamaican way. You know what I mean? I felt like there was there was no meeting of the two for me when I worked with people before or when I saw people sharing meals and macros and talking about protein. And so for me, that was, that was a hump I had to get over myself to kind of figure Mm -hmm. out, wait, you know, how can I, how can I combine these things? Yeah. And so that's the thing that I love to talk to my clients about now, like making sure like, Hey, why, why is your meal so basic? Like we don't need to abandon, you know, the thing, like the flavors that we love to Mm -hmm. lose the weight. Yeah. Yeah
0: on the flip side for me like there's two things one is i am constantly like encouraging coaches to learn more um because mm-hmm. as a coach we should meet people where they're at not say i i will this meet where you where you're at until you right. sign up and then i need to change right. completely the way that you're eating And I think we have to understand as coaches across the world that people eat so many different types of foods and so many different types of ways and asking them to change is also like changing their identity and identity, if you're more yeah. kind of what you think in your mainstream way of eating eating or like Western culture, um, right. you know, you can really forget about that stuff. So like one of the things I'm like is like, hey, you have to open up your mind and realize like people mm-hmm. eat different ways. And just because you've grown up a certain way, there doesn't mean right. that there isn't you know, three, four hundred different types of like cultural food sets out there that you're going to come across. And two, when that right. happens, it should be fun for you as a coach because it's a learning right. experience. So I have coached right. um, women um, through all kinds of walks of life. And when I see their food logs, when I see something I don't know, the first thing I do is not ask. I'm Googling that shit. You're Googling. I don't yeah. want to be are like, what is
1: this? that doesn't
0: know what it is. (laughs) And I'm literally having my clients teach me. So I've had clients teach me, what is this? How do you make it? Because first of all, if I see it, I'm like, is it just a catch-all recipe you found? Or did you like build that? Did you import it? Because I still want to learn what the foods are. And is it accurate? Because my job as the coach is to help you reach your goals, make sure your tracking is accurate for the best, um, to get really? the best results possible yeah. but i want to learn and the first thing i'm going to do is figure out what you've eaten before i asked and it's cuz i don't want to like ask i don't want to look dumb <laughs> y'all i don't exactly. want to look dumb <laughs> exactly. and we have so many we have so many tools at our fingertips so when i hear yes. coaches go what is that or like i've seen it in like support groups i'm like mm-hmm. google 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 that. Is, yeah. Google, that. Google
1: is out but, there and actually, not just with Google being out there, but if you think about it, I don't know, my first introduction to my fitness pal was easily easily ten years ago, right? Mm-hmm. maybe even more. And on my fitness pal back in the day, if I searched breadfruit or if I searched a certain bean or a certain whatever, my fitness pal was like, Nah, like we don't we don't have that. We don't know what that is, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like now these things have come a long way. You can go into my fitness pal and search for ackee, a typical Jamaican. Okay, it's a fruit. We cook it. It's a savory dish, but I think it's technically a fruit. Um, If any Jamaicans are listening to this, do not crucify me. I'm not the Jamaican who knows these things. Anyway, I um, think you. I mean, I'm I'm not Jamaican, Jamaican,
0: but like (laughs) I think you're
1: right. I, th- I think it's a fruit. So I mean, I'll I've call- had it
0: many times, so I've, I'm pretty you're sure right. I think you're wrong. I'm going with you.
1: <laughs> you. Go with me. Don't go with me. I'm always <laughs> wrong about Jamaica. <laughs> um, but my point is now you can search for these things in my fitness file, and there are so many more options. There's so much more information out there. You know what I mean? Um, so, actually, these things in that way are a lot more accessible to us as coaches and as women on our health journeys now.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that you said that, that they are like updating and changing macros first is yeah. an app that I yes. love, they just made a huge investment to upgrade nice. their database to include more cultural foods, because that was the feedback that they were getting from coaches. Um, yeah. Not every company will do something like that. But they are someone that nice. has done that. And I mean, it's great for people that have clients that are tracking um, in different Mm -hmm. areas of the world and not just like the mainstream Western world. And then also, even when you aren't used to eating those types of foods Mm -hmm. and you're traveling, you're exploring, you're eating at different restaurants.
1: Yes. And so now,
0: like, it will encourage other people to not just go protein, carb, vegetable, which equates to brown rice, Brussels sprouts, like you said, and bland (laughs) chicken, Chicken. bland chicken. And even when I see people track meals like that, I ask, was there a sauce on the side? Like, where's the dip? Where's the sauce? Is there (laughs) gravy? Is there a topping? Because I'm just curious. One, to make sure... (laughs) that the tracking is accurate, but two, like, are you eating bland things because you think you have to, like you said, because I don't want it to be bland because you're not going to stay eating stuff like that.
1: For sure. There's no way you can be consistent with it. Absolutely. Have you ever come across, I mean, obviously not every coach um, makes every client track, right? Yeah. Like tracking that specific way, track their macros. But have you ever come across a client slash potential client that was scared to track their macros because they felt like they wouldn't be able to figure out their cultural foods like I've specifically had people say that to me like yeah I've used some of these apps and I I can't find our food like I can't find our stuff have you ever had anyone say that I've had
0: people say that to coaches that I know yeah absolutely okay um I'm really big on encouraging our clients just to just track what they're eating and literally it's our Mm -hmm. job to figure it out like it is not Mm -hmm. your job to explain to me unless I've done my research first and you're filling me in what the foods are Mm -hmm. like it's my My job to figure that out, learn the nutritional value, macros, micros, all of that. But I have known coaches that have said that they're afraid to eat their regular foods and or track it while dieting. Mm -hmm. They change themselves into a dieting identity because they don't want people questioning what it is. And I follow um, some really incredible accounts. One is mm-hmm. the your Latina nutritionist, and she brings what oh, you nice. said up all the time. She does screenshots of comments and DMs that people have sent other coaches just trying to see if they would be a good fit. Um, and coaches Mm -hmm. aren't even working with them yet and are like, no, we're going to have to just change what you're eating. No, you can't have things like corn tortillas. You can't have, um, just like corn in general. And they don't even kind of give them, um, any type of comfort of like, you get to eat what you want to eat. And she's someone that's really great on educating people who are, wanting to lose weight or eat a little mm-hmm. bit better that their foods are okay, but she has a dual message right. of teaching coaches. We got to get our shit together because people need to eat their right.
1: foods. Right, we have to do better for them. Um mm-hmm. and You touched on something important there. That whole dieting mindset of it all, of it's kind of like, I'm on a diet. I'm on this diet for four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, even if it's 16 weeks, whatever it is versus that thought of, okay, yes, I'm eating a reduced, you know, amount of calories right now, but I still need to eat the way that I want to eat because am I never going to eat my cultural food again? Am I going to feel guilty if I eat, you know, my favorite cultural and flavorful foods again? Um, Am I going to only eat them twice a year if I go to a wedding? You know, that's, it's not realistic. It's not real life. It's not where I think any of us would want to be. Um, And actually, literally, I just had this conversation with a nutrition client who's going to a wedding this weekend. And her initial thought was, we literally planned out the whole day. We talked through it because she's in the wedding. She needs to report for makeup and stuff at like 7 a.m. The wedding is not till 5 p.m. And I was like, "Okay, so what are you going to eat all day? She's like, oh, I'm going to bring a protein bar and a protein shake. And I said, hold on, hold on. I said, so who is this person getting married when you bring your protein bar is everyone else going to be having mimosas and like charcuterie and you're going to sit there and say like no no I'm just you know having my protein bar I said or can we talk realistically about saying okay you're going to have one mimosa not five right we are going to have you know just a piece of cheese and like some of the some of the meat we're not going to like go crazy on the almond croissants right and just like talking through some of those things and at the end of the conversation, she felt like, you know what, you're right. Like, this is real life. Like I need to figure out how to still attend an event like this without just sitting at a wedding eating a protein bar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I
0: think we need to also like understand we don't want our clients always feeling like I have to explain what I'm doing to everybody. Like, yes. are you eating the protein yeah. bar? And then the reason why you don't want to have a mimosa and you're part of like mm. the, the wedding party, because that does affect their mindset. And they're like, who am I completely changing even for a protein bar and minus a charcuterie right. board. And like, is this even worth it to me?
1: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. it like shatters
0: people's, it, it shatters like their confidence, their staying power yeah. and like their yeah. goals. And I don't think people realize it.
1: Yeah, they don't. I mean, if you think about it already going to a social event, especially if you're on a weight loss journey, you might feel self-conscious about how you look already. Maybe that's a part of why you're on a weight loss journey. So to now also make yourself feel like, oh, I'm going to wear a red sign on my chest that says I'm dieting, I'm dieting. Mm -hmm. And, and what does that mean to other people? Oh, you hate your body. Oh, you you are aware your body looks terrible. So you're dieting, yeah, you should be eating that fruity bar. Mm-hmm. Very different than just being like, no, no, I'm on a weight loss journey, but I love myself. And I know how to be social. And I know how to eat these foods. And I'm still taking care of myself. And it's not a fall off, you know? There are all yeah. these mental, emotional aspects to it.
0: Yeah, that's how I felt when I was dieting. I didn't want to eat at the br- in my break room at work and this was before I mm. found macros. I was just like 1200 calorie and it was like Ooh. jello free, um the sugar-free jello pudding cups, the really skimpy like sandwich, like yeah. it was hardly anything and I would get asked why yeah. I'm eating that and I'm like,
1: right. You're like I don't like, even like, want to get, get into it. that. Yeah.
0: But exactly. like Even when I started dieting, like when I started really dieting, I would say that I was about 18 or 19. And when I started Mm -hmm. picking up diet books and magazines, Mm -hmm. Women World, like even Weight Watchers stuff that I was reading Mm -hmm. that my mom had purchased, I started realizing even someone born in the U.S., Looking mm-hmm. at what they were saying to eat versus what I grew up eating, those weren't my cultural foods. So, foods, yeah. um, if anybody has never realized it, I'm a woman of color. But you no, know, I'm just playing.
1: But I am <laughs> a like, woman I'm of pale. color.
0: <laughs> um, um, I def I have mixed ethnicities. My family, uh, my mom was first generation born here from Macedonia. Um, my mm-hmm. dad is black. He grew up in the South. He was. Ooh second generation from Nigeria. And so Mm -hmm. I grew up eating a lot of cultural foods that were influenced by my dad's Southern culture. And it was none of the dieting foods. So all over this conversation, and you're talking about being from a completely different country than US Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. we started dieting. Mm -hmm. I was like, people don't eat this stuff. And right. I didn't know that me eating fried fish, fried chicken right. several times a week wasn't normal. Um, eating corbe- cornbread, eating um, grits, eating um, hocks, right. right. eating greens, eating things smothered in gravy. Um, I didn't have Brussels sprouts, y'all, till I was like 31. Like you didn't have Brussels sprouts. Same. 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 I didn't Same. even eat Same. them. I right. didn't know I it think- wasn't normal to have like these yeah. super decadent desserts. Like it was like, who's mm. making this? Like it was always right. a thing. Like right. who's making the peach cobbler? Who's making the banana pudding? Like that I didn't was a know. Part of
1: life for you. Yeah,
0: yeah. I wasn't growing up eating salad. It was like mm. breakfast. You know, everybody has a breakfast they get excited about. And I don't Mm -hmm. think people realize that that's like part of your culture, your family. And for us, it was like fried potatoes, bacon and eggs. And they had to be crispy fried potatoes. We'd slice them and like they had to have onions cooked into them. And even when Randall and I got married, even before we were married, we started our family Sunday mornings, Mm. we would make that same stuff. I had no clue till I started dieting. No one else was eating that kind of stuff. And it was part of, you know, some of the problem where why I was overweight and over consuming, because it was how I was cooking it. And so I had to learn to modify what were my like cultures foods growing up to make them a little less heavy, less oil, less fat, you know, maybe swapping out cuts of meat, but it was hard for me to do the very first diet I did because I was changing with no coach what I was eating. And I don't think I ever had, I don't even know when I had chicken breast, like we didn't buy chicken breast. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. I know like out to eat, it was kind of like taboo to be like, yeah, I want all white meat. My dad would be like, that's an upcharge. That costs too much. It was like, (laughs) what are you doing asking for all white meat? He was like, get the thighs, get the legs. But like, if we bought breast, it was a mixed package. It was never till I was dieting or getting like a chicken breast sandwich fried at a fast food place that Mm -hmm. I even thought to just eat the breast. Yeah. Even my family associated that with b- being bland, dry, right. flavorless. Right. That's diet. Right. Like, that's what my dad would say. That's diet food. I mean, y'all, we barely, it was like greens, corn. It was <laughs> such a limited vegetable <laughs> menu. And, oh my gosh! And honestly, my parents... <clears throat> They did the best that they could. That was how that was how they were raised. Um, my Absolutely. parents grew up extremely poor. Um, they had large amounts of brothers and sisters. Um, right. between both of them, they had over a dozen siblings. Same. And oh, like, same
1: with both my parents. Yeah, like
0: yeah. my dad has like eight siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they just had to make do with what they could. And they didn't really know any different. That was passed on to me. And I loved the food. I yeah. loved the food. And it was something I looked forward to. I could smell what my mom was cooking. I would come downstairs. I knew what it was before I saw it. And it mm. was comforting to me. And when I yeah. started dieting, I was like, I hate this. It was hard for me yeah. to stick to it. So I would gain yeah. 10, lose 10, gain 10, lose 10. Oh. Yeah, and then that's when I started like teaching myself how to diet. I didn't even have my first coach ever till 2015 past when I learned oh, wow. what macros pros were. Um, but I have changed the way that I eat a lot. But I went through kind of an identity crisis of I don't know how to cook any of this stuff. And I don't even mm. know how to find it. And I know one of the things that we talked about and person was also mm-hmm. the fact that i live in a i lived in an area where there was food disparity um, right. Meaning that there was a lack of easy access to right. a lot of right. the things that we say are mainstream diet foods: fruit, right. vegetables, getting chicken breast. It was nothing within walking distance, and that's right. another thing I think coaches um, don't understand when someone is from a different country or has grown up different, eating foods that I thought were normal, and then maybe right. even live living in an area, and this can be in the U.S. and outside, where they don't even have access to the things that we're telling them to eat. Like you told me there were no blue, you weren't buying blueberries.
1: No, not even remotely. And I mean, you bring all of that up and it immediately makes me think about like cost disparity, but also the fact that we now have a view right here on our cell phones in front of us every single day Mm -hmm. of what people all over the world are eating and doing, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm looking at some food blogger, some fitness blogger, some nutrition, you know, influencer. And when she shows her supermarket haul or whatever, and I see blueberries and Brussels sprouts and asparagus and tons of chicken breast and turkey, ground turkey and ground lean meat. What is it? What do they have now? Like, is it 90, 10, like lean ground beef or 95, 5? They don't sell that where I live. Okay. They just say, here's ground beef. Like, either you buy it or you don't buy it, right? There's no percentage on the package. There's no percentage of anything. It's not lean. It's not whatever. This is ground beef. (laughs) So when we now see all of these things and we think to ourselves, like, oh, if I want to look like her, I should be eating all of those things, right? The other day, I live in the Middle East. And when the other day, I think I posted, like, a bag of Brussels sprouts that I bought and I was sharing that, like, oh... I'm going to roast these Brussels sprouts. I'm going to try not to burn them. Like I burn them every single time I make them um, so much so that my daughter now likes them burnt, but I'm sharing like, okay, I'm making these Brussels sprouts for dinner and the amount of DMS that I got from my followers in Jamaica showing me if my bag of Brussels sprouts had like 30 sprouts in it. And I told them I spent probably nine us on like a, a decent sized bag They sent me a DM, people sent me DMs showing me a package of Brussels sprouts in Jamaica that had like four sprouts in it. And it was like 20 US dollars for those four sprouts. You know what I mean? So in what world, I mean, four Brussels sprouts, I eat four Brussels sprouts while I'm checking the seasoning on the Brussels sprouts that I am baking. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's not a meal. That's not enough to say this is a side dish for a meal. And when you talk about dieting and people think, oh, I need to make a meal for myself, separate from my family. And when I'm trying to teach them, no, the whole family is going to eat these vegetables. The whole family is going to eat this protein. We're going to make delicious things that the whole family is eating. You're just going to watch your portion. Of course, certain women in certain countries are looking at me saying, I can't buy a bag of 30 Brussels sprouts. I would be spending a hundred US dollars on Brussels sprouts alone. You know what I mean? And clearly that's not sustainable. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... All of that stuff we really have to be aware of. Um, When you talk about like food deserts in America, certain places where even if there's a store that's in walking distance, you go and the fruits and vegetables are of a terrible quality and a very high price. And so you're looking at it and you're like, am I going to spend all this money on nectarines when all the nectarines are bruised and they don't look that good? No, instead, you're going to spend your $10 on something else on on chips or crackers or bread or, you know, whatever, something that's not necessarily going to help you on your health journey. So I think it's really important for us as coaches to be hyper aware of all of these things. Um, And for me, I think it's important to let people know that it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to seek perfection. And this is whatever they have determined perfection is, right? Maybe perfection is chicken breast and Brussels sprouts. I don't know. But some of us think if I can't get on my weight loss journey and eat these things, then forget it. I'm just going to have ice cream and fried chicken and whatever. Yeah. I try to teach my people that, hey, there's a middle ground, okay? Like, Mm -hmm. can we just do chicken breast a couple nights a week? Can we find the most affordable white fish fillet, right? maybe we need to eat some canned proteins, right? And we need to work those in because those are affordable, accessible, you can get them anywhere. um, And that's something that you can realistically have as a part of your budget, you know what I mean? These are still excellent sources of protein. When we talk about frozen vegetables, canned vegetables, much more accessible, still totally nutritious much better than just saying, oh, I can't be perfect with my nutrition. So forget it. I'm just going to do whatever.
0: Yeah. I think people really forget about that stuff, like in a major, major way. And like Mm -hmm. some of these, the the food deserts that you're talking about, like they're Mm -hmm. in areas that a lot of people take for granted. Like they don't think about it. It could easily be in places like New York City and LA, where you yep. think people have access to everything. But when you think about big overpopulated cities, there are a lot of people that are walking. They're taking buses, they're taking cabs, they mm-hmm. don't own a car. And what does it cost them to get there? Are these areas even safe for women if you're coaching women to walk um, where it's dark? Like for me, where I grew up, the corner mm-hmm. store that was like, A six-minute walk never Mm -hmm. had fresh fruits and vegetables. It was literally just canned everything. Canned,
1: yeah, bags Um, of stuff. Yep,
0: yep. Yeah, and then the closest grocery store, and it's the only grocery store that has, like, a decent variety of what you would consider kind of, like, diet or, like you know, mainstream food or whatever, it's a 12 minute car ride. And it is the only grocery store still existing on the side of the city that I lived on. Like it's gotten worse. And a lot of those stores are gone. Um, There's one good grocery store. That's it.
1: Yeah. And so It doesn't
0: yeah. have to be in like areas you've never heard of. There's so many areas that a lot of people think of, but we don't mm-hmm. think of where of how women or people in general have to get to them. And like you said, when you right. get here
1: is all the fruit bruised and it's marked right. up 75%. Right. It's just not, it ends up being not worth it. And mm-hmm. that ends up making it a struggle for people. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important for us as coaches to be totally aware of that. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't berate a client for like not meeting, you know, your maximum protein goal when they're like, Hey, listen, I've invested kind of all my extra funds on coaching with you. You know what I mean? I've made a decision. Okay. I'm going to work with you for three months or six months because I know I need it, I know I need the guidance, I know I need the support, um, which means you know things are tight, right? I can't necessarily just run into the supermarket and just buy whatever and buy like a ton of protein. And I think it's really important as a coach to be able to look at that person and not say to them, well, oh, you're doing a terrible job. Like you'll never get the results that my clients get because you're not eating you know, the 130 grams of protein, 140 grams of protein. But to be able to look at that woman and say, all right, so let's just let's just talk about hitting 90 grams. Like let's let's literally just conquer that for a few weeks Mm -hmm. and then we're going to see, is it is it a protein powder that we can find that's affordable and we just incorporate like an extra protein shake per day? Is it that we start looking at the supermarket? but when the Greek yogurt is on sale. And at that point we know, all right, I'm going to budget. I'm going to stock up on the Greek yogurt because it's on sale right now. Right. Um, are we going to look at the canned proteins? Are we going to look at certain frozen things and say, all right, I'm going to make this work. You have to, you have to encourage them by meeting them where they are with positivity.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's important because you don't know, how much time and courage it took for them to mm-hmm. sign up with you and finally go, okay, I'm hiring Cam. Yeah. I think she's like the person that I need to be with. And mm-hmm. then the dreams get crushed because you're like, it's not perfect. And then, two, right. financially, yeah. um, how big of a financial commitment that they had to say no to other things? Are they Good working? Things. You don't even know Absolutely. what people are doing. Are they working right. extra hours? Are they missing time with their children for this goal? And this three right. to four months they're pouring into with you is like one of the biggest financial goals or financial right. commitments that they have. Yeah. This year, I like know what people are going through. And so I think people forget to meet yeah. them where they're at, be the cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And like, where can the compromise be made so they can still be yep. successful?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it's hard when you don't necessarily work with clients that are 360 degrees different from you. And you're Mm. not aware about it because I did talk about this a little bit um, this year at a coaching summit that I was have, I was talking about um, obesogenic of environments and those being Mm -hmm. in where there's food and quality, food, um, inequality, insecurity, disparity. I mean, put all the words in there, all the verbs. (laughs) Um, And then so many coaches were just like, I don't even think about this. I don't think about it at all um, oh, there was even a physician wow. that came up and talked to me and he was like no one thinks about this they just tell wow. your, your clients here's the food list go buy it they don't go think buy it.
1: it oh my god and there are probably that, that for that, me is absurd that yeah. for me is absurd and that and literally every time so I used to run and I shouldn't say used to I'm not running it again this year next year I'll run more but um, my group program is called Confident you. And for me, a huge part of the program, obviously not every woman in the group program was Jamaican or of Caribbean descent. Right. Um, I had people of other cultures in the in the program, but I would spend an entire workshop talking about substitutes and the nutrition aspect of various cultural foods, because just like you're saying, I can't just send the group a list and say, all right, everyone here, we're buying all these vegetables, we're buying all this stuff for them to be like, "Mm, I don't have that. I've got beans. You know what I mean? I don't have that. I've got rice. You know what I mean? And for me to say, all right, like, let's, you know, here are substitutions that we're going to make because you have to think about that, especially as an online coach. A part of the reason we are online is because we now, we have the benefit of working with women anywhere in the world. Uh-huh. You're no longer just like a brick and mortar shop where if I know someone walks into my brick and mortar shop here, I'm in Florida right now. I know they probably live within a, I don't know, 10 mile radius of my store. Right. So I can say, all right, you go into the Publix that's right here. Maybe you go into the Whole Foods, maybe you go into the Walmart, but the point is everything you're doing is right here. The things I have access to, you also have access to, but a part of the benefit of being online is us saying, Hey, I can work with you anywhere in the world that you are, any culture that you are. So as a coach, you have to take the time to educate yourself, to be prepared to meet a client like that. Absolutely.
0: Mm -hmm. I love it. Such good stuff. I don't want to put you like on the hook, but if anybody is. Oh, God. Look, oh God! if anybody oh, is listening thanks. and they're like, oh. do you have a list of cultural foods that they could like swaps that they could reach out and ask you about, mm. um, are people free to do that?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, I love when people DM me after I do stuff like this. Um, and like, look, when we talk about cultural swaps, what I have found with my people, again, I'm going to talk to my Caribbeans, let's say my Caribbean people. Um, okay, let me break, let me break it down for you, Eve. So ground provisions, right? Um, yam, green banana, (laughs) um, these things, uh, these are carbohydrate sources that we eat as Jamaicans, right? Potatoes, things like that, right? Um, we have this notion, your parents might've told you, your grandparents that like ground provisions are good for you. They're better for you than let's say other carbohydrate sources, rice or bread, crackers, things like that. What I've ended up having to break down for people is that a carb is a carb, is a carb, is a carb, is a carb. Yes, some of them have, you know, more vitamins. Some of them have more or less fiber. But I've run into too many Caribbean people who say, I'm off bread, I'm off rice. But then when I see them set their plate, they have two pieces of yam, a piece of roast breadfruit, and a, a huge piece of potato. And I'm yeah. saying, mm, so we have 700 calories of carbohydrates on our plate. You could have just eaten 200 calories of the rice like, or 200 calories of the bread that you are acting like bread is so bad or rice mm-hmm. is so bad. You know what I mean? So it's not it's not necessarily for me about suggesting swaps. It's more so about educating them about the fact that, hey, some of our cultural foods are perfectly fine to, 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 to have as your carbohydrate source. Don't think that it's magic or it's special or this one is bad, this one's worse, this one's good, this one's bad. They're all just carbs and you can eat all of them. You know what I mean? But yes. yes, and you can DM me any of that stuff. I'm always excited to talk about food. You know, I love food, Eve. So, Our, I always you know, talk a about carb
0: food. is a carb, is a carb, is a carb. <laughs> is a carb. Yeah. 100%. You know, like, this isn't necessarily the same thing, but I just think about mm-hmm. some women, they're like, I'm cutting all, all bread, all gluten, but they have wine at night. And I'm like, it's oh. still calories. The yeah. calories are still calories, are still calories. Right. Being focused and protein focused are the way to go. But right. a carb is a carb.
1: Is a carb. Is a carb. Is a carb. Absolutely. Um, so I walking fast- around saying that after this, <laughs> yes. So the thing is, um, you know, the fastest man in the world. I don't know if he still is the fastest man in the world. Um, Usain Bolt, a Jamaican. In my mind, he's still like is. he will always. He be. still is. Yeah, he will always be. Right. Fine. So I think a big thing, like after he, you know, won his races and whatever, was this notion that maybe it was the yam that he ate from Jamaica that like made him so fast. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in, in, in the cultural lexicon, it's like, Oh, like there's something special about like the yam and the, the, the green banana. But from my side, nutritionally, it's like, no, it's just a carb. Like, you know, you could just also have some bread. You could have the rice and peas. It's still just a carb, you know? So I think it's really interesting when you break down some of this stuff.
0: Yeah, that's true. Cool. I love it. Well, where can people find you and how are you helping people? I know we talked like in the context today of Mm -hmm. like the perspective as a coach, but you do Mm -hmm. things that you help coaches with who are building businesses. Want to mention that?
1: (laughs) Absolutely. So uh I think I said at the start of our episode here, I'm a nutrition coach and a graphic designer for nutrition coaches. So on the nutrition side of things, I'm running my group program a couple of times a year. Feel free to reach out to me and I'll let you know the next time I'm running it and all the details involved. Um, On the professional side of things in terms of helping coaches. um, So I provide design packages for nutrition coaches At either spectrum of the journey, if you are a new nutrition coach, which I know most of you might be, Eve's people are new nutrition coaches who are like ready to start dominating the nutrition coaching game, I help you with the back end setup, I help you with the design. If you are building your personal brand, I help you with the visual branding behind that. Um, And if you are an experienced nutrition coach and you need your back end shit to be all sorted out and your visual stuff to be cohesive, I help you with that as well. Just DM me and we'll chat about it.
0: Cool. Where can they find you
1: handle-wise? Oh, yes. Uh, At cams.nutritiondesignlab on Instagram. I'm always on Instagram. I waste far too much time on Instagram or um, on my website, which is nutritiondesignlab.com.
0: Yeah. And her page, you guys, the content is always beautifully curated. She's literally like she's like the 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 result of all the work that she does for other people. Like, you know, a lot of people are like, I'm a hairstylist, but don't look at my hair. She is that's <laughs> a designer that's like, you can look at her stuff and it looks like yeah, look at look
1: my awesome. stuff. Yeah, I'm happy. She never shies
0: away from DMs, so she's not one of those people that leaves you on red, and you're like, (laughs) "Am I going to get a response?" So she's always very, very helpful. So definitely reach out to her, but I'm excited to chat about this today. I'm really hoping that's like opening up the eyes for other coaches to kind of think about the bigger picture of not everybody's eating the same things that you're eating. Um, No matter how like great and tasty your food is and how excited you are personally about it. But also there's so many different ways that other people eat and as coaches, we need to embrace that, encourage that and meet them where they're at so they can feel comfortable and, you know, tackle whatever the goals that they are, you know, chasing.
1: Yeah. And ladies, I mean, as coaches, I I shouldn't say ladies, do you have macro mentorship people that are men? Yeah, there's a couple. There's some. Oh. Oh nice, okay. So coaches then. We need uh, more though. Men listening. Join. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Join men. So coaches, um, never hesitate to DM me or anyone else that you see online as a resource in terms of having a better understanding of like a wider range of cultural foods. Um, like as I mentioned before, you know, if someone comes to me and uh they're having specific issues with perimenopause or or you know, celiac disease or certain other things Um, if you are a coach who specifically helps people with perimenopause and you now have an intersection a client who is like I want to eat cultural food I'm you know I'm from the Caribbean or I'm from wherever um and I have perimenopause then use your resources reach out to someone like me I there are two other accounts um I think the nutrition tea and then there's one other one whose name I can't remember right now Um, But DM me and I'll share the profile names. Uh, Use your resources, like get some information from us so that you can really help more people. And listen, as coaches, we should kind of be like helping each other help more people. You know what I mean? So um, I'm happy to like share that info, if it can help you help a client. Cool.
0: Thanks. You guys heard her. Yeah. So yeah. thank you guys for tuning in to this episode today. Don't forget to like, share, and tag us and subscribe to our podcasts. Until then, we'll see you guys next time. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Make sure you like, share, and tag us on Instagram. Also subscribe to our channel so you don't miss future episodes. In the meantime, be healthy and get wealthy.